Hi, welcome back to CJ Sports. It is Monday, June 7th. We are recording this episode. Currently, the Brooklyn Nets are destroying my Milwaukee Bucks at halftime. Um, while we're recording this, though, that game is going to keep going in the background. But we're going to get talking today. We're going to start off with our segment by the numbers. Today, we are working on number five. So, Jake, take us away with jersey number fives. All right, so this week, I got four guys. Um, shocking, there's baseball players. I know, right? Um, <laughs> everyone is shocked. But, uh, no, so for my uh, for my first guy, he's, uh, he's the first baseman for the Atlanta Braves right now, Freddie Freeman. Freddie. Yeah. I've definitely heard the name. Um, yeah, say I would hope so since he won the MVP last year. Yeah, um, that was kind of his last year. He's been a he's been a staple of that team for a, eleven seasons now. This is like eleventh season as the starter of the first base as first as a first baseman. Um, he's just had so far a very very solid career. I don't I meant to look at his contract because I don't remember when it ends, but he'll probably end his career there unless they trade him which is possible, but um, they're looking to win a World Series at least this either this year or next year. So they're going to probably, like I said, I don't know his contract, but he is, he doesn't like light up the stats, but he's just like, he's your, he's your number three hitter, number four hitter. And he's going to get, he's going to get you runs and he's going to get some home runs every year. Uh, but his big thing is that he's got a career 137 OPS plus. Which, for anyone that doesn't know what OPS plus means, it's basically just a number that rates players, all the players in baseball. 100 is average. And so that means he's 37% better than every other player in baseball, which is, you know, very good. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it sounds like he'd work out really good in a whole money ball situation. If he's not lighting up stat sheets, but overall, I mean, he sounds like he's got a good on-base percentage. He's an MVP. He yeah, he's he's a dude that definitely will can can carry a team. Like he's yeah. he's the solid cornerstone of that team for a good reason. Uh, but moving on, number three, I got Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Ooh. Two Gloves. Yeah, man, he. He's had an, uh, an unfortunate career, just like, yeah. you know, was was supposed to be the guy in Minnesota, and then he gets hurt. And so they trade him away, get Kirk Cousins, um, and, you know, that's been how that's been um, of Minnesota. <laughs> but after, you know, after Minnesota, he went to New Orleans, uh, got, to, got a chance to kind of show what he's made of behind Drew Brees when Brees got hurt. Um, and then got that con got the deal with Carolina, but now he's on the Broncos. Which who knows what they're doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the Broncos are doing at quarterback. Yeah, it's the, the I think they might start with Teddy and then see what happens. Um, but the guy, Rogers, though, who knows? No, <laughs> Rogers ain't going there. But uh, think about no. being a quarterback who sits behind Drew Brees and then Aaron Rodgers, though. That'd be. Awful for your career. Just like wow, I got to sit behind two great all-time quarterbacks. Um, but he's got he's got a sixty-six percent uh, percent pass completion rate, which is decent. Like he'll take that any day. So yeah. 
he's he's a good player. I hope he I I hope he gets a spot somewhere um, and is able to establish himself. My next guy, my number two, Dan Bailey. Daniel. Dan, do Dan the man. Uh, yeah. As far as kickers go, you got Greg the leg and Dan the man. Um, Dan Bailey, you know. Who else do you the, really need? No, that's it. Like he, you get <laughs> one of those two guys in here solid. Yeah. Uh, like Dan Bailey, you know, was with the Cowboys for the first seven years of career of his career, and his first six years, I didn't know this, or I didn't remember it. He had a one hundred percent extra point for his first six years of his career. He had not missed an extra point. Literally every single one went through. And in an era now where it seems like there's at least three or four a week of a kicker missing an extra point. Dan Bailey is on the list now. Like he's he's not as elite as he was at the beginning of his career, but he's still really good. Um, he has an 86% completion um, for field goals, and in my mind, he's the he's a top three kicker in the league. Um, who that third one is, it it kind of varies, but uh, Justin yeah. Tucker, Tucker, and then Greg Zerline, and then Dan Bailey. Done. Um, well, see, and Dan Bailey, I mean, he's special for you being a cowboy, right? Right. Um, and then, you know, you just go back to his college career. He was an Oklahoma State cowboy, right. um, which I'm the only one in my family without a degree from Oklahoma State. Uh, so that's a little bit of an interesting nugget there. But I watched him all through college. Um, and that was that was quite the career to watch. But what's really neat for me is this guy, he's actually from my hometown of Yukon, Oklahoma. That's right. Um, he played at a small private school, Southwest Covenant. Um, he was a Patriot. Uh, their logo looks very similar to New England. Shocking. I coached there track for a year, um, COVID year. So it was actually three weeks. I got all the gear and I hate wearing it in public because it looks like New England Patriots gear. And it's really easy to confuse me as a Patriots fan. But I have not only grown up in the same town as Dan Bailey, but I've also now coached at his high school alum. Look at that. So. You're just, you're following right in his footsteps, Clyde. <laughs> Except <laughs> I can't kick the ball to save my life. That's <laughs> uh, all right. That's all right. Got close Which, enough, right? I don't, I don't know if you knew this piece of it, right? So he's at this small private school. They actually, at their practice field, don't have goalposts. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, especially the years he was there, their field only had one set where they would play games. Yeah. So you run the whole, and if you decide to kick a field goal or for extra points, they'd always be on the same end of the field. He built his own goalpost on his grandfather's land so that he could practice at home because he couldn't practice at practice. There was right. no field goal for him to practice on. It's kind of impressive, honestly. Yeah. Like, there's a reason he's a he's a, one of the best kickers in the NFL right now. That's, he's dedicated. That, That's all I'm yeah. trying to say. He's dedicated. Yeah. I don't know what Dallas is fumbling around with now that they've let him go. Hey, got Greg Zerline for a little bit. All right, we're all right. It's okay. <laughs> as long as he just stops getting hurt. It's all right. Uh, anyway, moving on. My number one of my number fives, Ian Kinsler, second baseman uh, for – he played for a few different teams, but he mainly played for the Rangers. Shocking. Yes, I know. I picked a ranger player. Um, 
But he he like growing up watching the Texas Rangers play, he was the guy. Like it was him and Michael Young, and then Josh Hamilton came a little bit later, and Josh Hamilton was a jerk. We don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> but not Ian Kinsler. He made four All Star games, had two Gold Gloves, um, MVP votes, Rookie of the Year votes, his rookie year, uh, and he's a guy that can act. Uh, get you 20 home runs when he's healthy and, you know, hit like 260. That's, that's the, as a second baseman, that's amazing. Second baseman don't need, yeah, don't, they, second baseman do not hit like at all. They don't, they don't hit home runs. They don't, they get on base. That's their job. Um, and they're supposed, they need to play good defense. And Ian Kinsler did all of that. He was also the dude that like all the girls thought was the hottest on the team. So he was like, he was like, for little kid Jake that wanted to be a baseball player, I wanted to be a third baseman, but I wanted to be like Ian Kinsler. And so he, he's. You wanted girls talking about your butt in baseball pants? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the goal. Um, that did not happen, though, because, well, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's my list. Uh, I'll give some honorable mentions to Albert Pujols. Um, He's worn number five his entire career, except for this year, getting to play on the Dodgers um, and as a free agent signing after it was let go by the Angels. Um, you know, it's the last year of his career, but he will go down. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and another guy I want to mention is Joe DiMaggio. Um, just like, you know, he was the next player on the Yankees after after Babe Ruth uh, retired. And Joe DiMaggio was like the next wave of Yankee players. That was just absolutely amazing. Yeah, for sure. He's he's one that you go and you just type in best athletes to wear the number five. I think every list that's going to pop up, Joe DiMaggio is going to be at the top. Probably number one, yeah. Albert Pujols is also going to be in that top five on most of those lists. Oh, for sure, for sure. Which is why they're honorable mentions, and we're not going to talk about them. Exactly. But... um. Next, I've got my list, and we'll jump in. I did listen last week uh, when Jared filled in for me, which he did great. Um, it took him all of 15 seconds to rename the show J&J Sports, uh, so I'm a little bitter about that. Um, 15 seconds is what it took to replace me, but I really like he went over his favorites to wear number four, which neither of you mentioned Brett Park, but that's okay. I'm um, sorry. I, you weren't here. <laughs> it was like a respect thing. It's like I can't do it. <laughs> Um, but he grouped his and like his favorite teams and then just some players who had worn it that really stood out as he was growing up. So that's, that's how I'm going to talk about mine. Um, I really liked him forming it that way as a listener. It was really cool. It was nice to kind of hear like, Oh, here's all his bias, but then here's some other guys as well. Um, so I'll just start off with my favorite Packers to wear the number five. Um, first we'll just mention John Don with a D, not a J, Majowski, or the Magic Man. Uh, if you go look him up, like, just Google his name. Um, do, like, Magic Man Packers or something. And there's some really cool, like, super 90s photos out there of the guy. Um, for those who don't know who he is, he's basically the guy that, you know, you never root for a player to get an injury, but his injury led to us seeing Brett Favre on the field. So you win some, you lose some. Uh, but 
He was our quarterback through the dark ages of Packers history between Lombardi era and Favre era. Um, and just a cool guy. Uh, but the best Packer to have ever worn the number five, and this is kind of a gray area of being too great to talk about on our lists. Um, but Paul Horning, he sometimes gets overlooked because he's during that Lombardi Bart Starr era and people mm. talk about Bart Starr. Mm. Um, but in 1961, he was a league MVP, uh, and he was on four of those five NFL championship teams that Lombardi led through yeah. the 60s. And so, um, or I should say 50s and 60s. I believe the first one was like in 57 or 58. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just a great guy. He's part of that, you know, old school sweep. He did a misdirect to allow star into the end zone to beat the Cowboys and the ice bowl, um, all sorts of stuff, fun stuff. Um, but, uh, the next in my favorites, uh, is a basketball player for the Milwaukee bucks, Tim Thomas, um, not really a name that just rolls off the tongue and everyone knows exactly who he is, but he's by far, one of the best bucks in history to wear the number five. He also wore it for the longest amount of time. And it's ironically a short amount of time, but an appropriate amount of time, five seasons. Um, but he just overall was a pretty good, consistent player for you. Um, and just looking at 12 and a half points per game coming off the bench, just a solid bench guy for you. Um, Next, in just kind of somebody for my town. I live in Oklahoma City. I might be a Bucks fan, but I'm here in Oklahoma City. So for the Thunder, Victor Aladipo has been just a guy that we've been able to count on ever since, you know, the whole Harden situation in 2012. Aladipo showed up in 2013. He's still here. He's just been a consistent guy through all of that from 2013 to current. You look Paul Depot's still in Oklahoma City? Uh, Are you sure about that? Let's, uh, let's just verify. Sure. I'm about to just spread lies, apparently. Um, yes, I am pretty sure he's not. I'm pretty sure he got traded to the Pacers a few years ago. And now right. on a different team. You're, you're more than correct. Okay. He was indeed traded. Yeah, the same. Okay. So I'm remembering him through the post-Harden days. Um, yeah. All right, we'll backtrack. He's not currently with the Thunder. Um, I haven't followed the Thunder in a couple of years intently, as outside of um, some updates here and there, and that is showing, and that is okay to be incorrect. He was traded to the Pacers, and he's now currently playing with Miami Heat, yeah. wearing the number four. There you go. Um, so I apologize for the misinformation I have spread but Jake has corrected it for us. Shame. Shame. Finally, on my list is a baseball player, which I know Jake has been disappointed in my lack of baseball players on these lists. <laughs> um, but this is just a fun one for me um, and my family. It's Matt Holliday. Uh, like I mentioned, the only one in my family without a degree from Oklahoma State. Uh, this is definitely an Oklahoma State grew up in Stillwater guy. Um, and the fun part of this story is when he was a young kid in you know, the five to seven range, um, my dad actually got to like watch him and was a youth leader and things 
around when this kid was growing up through different stages of life. My dad was that older teenager and then college kid while he was, you know, middle schooler who was just around and knew who he was. He was the coach's kid, things like that. So Matt Holiday is just a fun one. Um, War number five when he played with the Sox. I don't remember. What did he play with St. Louis or what did he wear? What was the number? Yeah. Do you remember? That's a question for another one of our buddies. Uh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, it was probably mad at me that I don't know it. Um, I shouldn't know that. Is it? Is I, I want to say it's five. I'm probably wrong though. Seven. Okay. I knew it was a single digit. Yeah. Which him playing for St. Louis is the only time I've actually watched him play in person. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So he played, he wore number seven. So those are my number fives that stand out to me as I look through sports history. A couple others that we decided not to mention again. They're just too big of greats. Um, I don't know if you can hear that. The cat's trying to break into the room. Um, <laughs> but uh, Johnny Bench, um, definitely just a great player out there at Cincinnati. Um, Jason Kidd, I remember... I mean, he played 19 seasons. His yeah. first season in the NF or the NBA was the year I was born. Yeah. And he played all the way up to 2013. Yeah. He is iconic. Like, you, you can't think of the NBA in the past 20 years of that Jason Kidd. Yeah. Yeah. And for all you listening, you can figure out how old I am by either just already knowing when Jason Kidd entered the league or by looking it up because I'm not going to tell you. Um, <laughs> The last one is Jeff Bagwell. Uh, I'm not particularly fond of the Houston Astros, and I know as a Rangers fan, you aren't either. Um, yep. But I grew up in a household where both my parents are diehard Astros fans. Um, they've made it through the Lastros days, and they're now suffering the, you know, trash shows or whatever you want to call them. Um, but I just remember the early 2000s, the Killer Bees, the finally making it to the World Series, the losing in five games, you know. My favorite part of that World Series. Favorite what? part of the World Series. <laughs> was them losing. Yeah. That was great. And it, it really makes my dad mad that I'm a Brewers fan because we came from the, you know, American League into right. the National League. And right. that's what kicked Houston to the American League. And he's not a fan of that. Um, he hates you had to Rangers. even out you had to even out the, the, the divisions somehow and it was the best it was the best option yeah, he just wanted to send the brewers back to the american league well you know what to know back where they came from no <laughs> well i'm just saying um he still to this day thinks we stole their place in the national league which maybe we did no and that's okay with me no because they but when you look at the nl central who makes more sense? The Houston Astros and the Milwaukee Brewers playing the Pirates, the Reds, the Cardinals, the Cubs. Who are you going to put in that? Chicago, St. Louis, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh. You're not going to put Houston in there. Exactly. Doesn't It's like the Colts being in the freaking NFC AFC South. AFC <laughs> South. Whatever. They're only a few hours from Indianapolis. In the, they are Indianapolis. From Nashville, Tennessee, where the Titans are. I do not care. It is not the same. <laughs> well, I don't know what to tell you. Well, I don't know. But that is a good transition 
for sliding in. talking about the AFC South today. A couple right? of things going on. No, just a just a couple things. Just two things that just I know of. Okay. Well, I mean, one's pretty big. One's just speculative. We're gonna find out more this week, I think. <laughs> um, the other two teams in that division, who cares what they're doing right now? But we'll jump right on the deep end of Julio Jones. Yep. AFC yep. South. Yep, getting traded from the Falcons. That it's for basically for nothing. Yeah. And um, just a second round and a fourth round. No, I thought I was a second and a sixth. Maybe. Uh the later I, round pick. I thought, later I round thought pick. Tennessee was getting a sixth and Julio Jones for giving up a second and a fourth. Maybe that was but it. maybe that fourth and sixth are flipped. But either way, neither of those deals is a huge price to pay for Julio Jones when you already have AJ Brown and Derrick right. Henry on your offense. Right. Like I think it was I think it was AJ Brown yesterday that tweeted a picture of like, you know, Julio Jones and a Titans and the Titans jersey with a picture with him and Derrick Henry. Now, you know, and if, if Tannehill can perform to the level he's performed the past two years, dude, talk about a team to contend with the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Steelers. Yeah. Like, oh my, <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, that trade alone puts the Titans. I got my one two is the Chiefs Titans. Oh, easy. Like there's your your only other conversation in there would be either this I think either the Steelers or the Ravens. Kind of depends on what either of those teams do. Right. When on paper, the Browns should be in that conversation, but we've seen what the Browns have done with on paper talent on the field. Doesn't yeah. Doesn't, doesn't. <laughs> but on still, paper, the Browns still, look yeah. like they should be a deep run AFC championship type team. But who knows? Yeah. Which they could, back they to could Julio Jones, that. what's really yeah. cool about that is last year during OTAs, A.J. Brown showed up to practice wearing a Julio Jones jersey, right? So he's out there practicing, paying homage to this guy that he loved watching while A.J. Brown was in middle school, high school, and college. He was watching Julio Jones play college and pro football. Right. And so he, at his first OTAs, Eyes, it was one of the new style Atlanta Falcons jerseys and is out there warming up in it in OTAs. And a year later, they get to share a field together. Dang. It's, a, it's a killer one-two punch for your receivers. And then, of course, Derrick Henry being Derrick Henry and <laughs> being the monster that he is in my uh, fantasy anchor. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it's just it's crazy that that's that's the trade that's where he went and that's what the trade was. And apparently, there's there's talk that it was a lot of the the Titans took on his full contract. Yeah, and that that like that like scared a lot of other teams. They didn't have the money for it, and so they just they lost interest because like we don't have a cap, we don't have space for that. Um, so we are not competitive, and apparently. There were no other competitive teams when that happened, and I, Here we I, are. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care who you are. Like the Packers, I don't know what their money situation is like, but like you, fig- you figure out a way to get Julio Jones on your Here, team. 
to get your way to get Julio Jones. You go all in on Aaron Rodgers. You restructure his contract. You extend him. You push some of his cap hit to later in the contract. You make the space for Julio Jones. Biggest problem is we're having a problem communicating with Aaron Rodgers. Well, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, the Titans instantly they are now they're a pick for me to show up in. You know, they're winning the AFC South. I don't think that there's a team in the AFC South who's going to compete with that. No. The Texans are a mess. The Colts are kind of in a rebuilding phase that I think maybe a year or two from now they'll be competing with that. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Um, they got a good young – they've got a good young core, and they proved themselves last year, but it's going to be difficult this year, I think. And then Jacksonville <sighs> – Jacksonville's just dumping everything. Yeah. Wanting Trevor Lawrence to do be Trevor Lawrence in about two years. Um, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? But congratulations. <laughs> you found one of your teams in the AFC championship, the Tennessee Titans. Right. right. Which leads us to the other news in the AFC South, which is the fact that there is no news. Um <laughs> with Deshaun Watson. He's kind of in the same boat as Aaron Rodgers. Um, all reports are pointing to him and his agent requesting a trade. This dates back even before the court cases and allegations yeah. and everything. Um, just all of that puts Deshaun Watson in a hard spot to request and demand a trade. Um, right. But what I think is interesting is within the last couple of weeks going into OTAs, they signed Tyrod Taylor. Tyra Taylor's been running the offense at OTAs because Deshaun Watson didn't show up because he still is wanting a trade. Um, I think Houston kind of missed their window to dump him before anything comes out of these investigations and court cases. Yeah. Um, therefore, they're just kind of in a, we're going to wait till something comes of this. Um, so it'll be interesting. Tyrod Taylor may have put himself in a position because the only other notable quarterback on that roster is not really all that notable of Jeff Driscoll, um, yeah. who's kind of bounced around the league a little bit. This is like his fifth team. Um, and then after that is some other guy I'd never heard of something Davis or Davis mills or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he was drafted this year in one of those later rounds. Um, so yeah, Tyrod Taylor might for the first time in the last few years, get to play somewhere and barring a punctured lung through an injection, um, actually get to show that he can lead a team. And I think in a 17 game season that Tyrod Taylor coming out and leading the Houston Texans to six or seven wins would be exactly what you would want and expect. Oh yeah. Cause Tyrod, you know, he's had, he's had just, his career and Teddy Bridgewater, uh, for, for my list, I almost put Tyrod instead of Teddy, just because their careers are so similar. The only difference is that Teddy has had the chance more consistently than Tyrod has, and Tyrod had that chance when in Buffalo, and they just yeah. didn't care. They like he did he did well enough to probably try to build a team around him, but they didn't care. Um, and you know they went the route they went with Nathan Peterman and all of that. Now they have Josh Allen. Good for them. It worked out for them. <laughs> the freaking Tyrod Taylor, it's like, okay, I'm going to go here, and then I'm going to go to San Diego, wait a year because of Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers leaves. It is now Tyrod Taylor's chance, 
They draft Justin Herbert, a young kid who they're like, he can learn under Tyrod for two years. And, you know, since Tyrod's been around the league for a while, he can show the kid the ropes and help him become a good quarterback, hopefully. And then Tyrod freaking gets a little punctured lung from an injection, as he said, after week one. And Justin Herbert comes in and is a freaking all-star. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just Tyron, man. He if if Houston and the message from Houston all ever since January, and I remember it, that's when all this happened because they got their new GM in January, and then and you know the new coach uh, since Bill Bryan was both. Um, but their their message this whole time has been we are committed to Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson has said. I want out of here. And it sounds really similar to another situation in the league. Exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so it's so similar. And it's the the difference that, you know, the big difference, of course, being uh, Deshaun Watson's allegations from, from a few women and getting sued and having court cases against him for all of that. And so the, the word is kind of the teams are kind of waiting till all of that is settled. To kind to kind of hop in, and there are a few teams that probably could benefit from having Deshaun Watson, but where he ends up going, or if he stays with Houston, which I highly doubt it, um, but or if he does, he won't play. He he probably will just forcefully not play, and bet on himself. Um, but man, who knows? Like all hopes for Tyrod. Please do something. <clears throat> Hey, but where where could Deshaun Watson go at this point? I mean, you look at a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, and I can definitely see where he fits in on a team who maybe is looking to draft their next quarterback in the next two or three years. Yeah. But you're looking at finding a team who wants to invest probably six years. Yeah. Into a contract with Deshaun Watson. I mean, it'll probably be a four-year deal that then, like, there's two additional years that both the team and the player have an option, right? Yeah. And so a total of six years possible. That's, I mean, similar to the last contract Aaron Rodgers signed was six years, mm-hmm. but these last two have an option. Option years, yeah. Of all I the just teams, don't know where he goes. I don't know, man. If all, of all the teams, maybe the this is weird because the Jets just, uh, you know, just drafted who's Justin Fields, mm-hmm. but you could go to the Jets. No, not Justin Fields. He went to Chicago. Oh right. Um, um what's his face? You know, do they we do, did whole, I don't know. Trey Lance draft episode, and I don't even remember anymore. Um, well, there was only like five quarterbacks that went in the top ten this year. Yeah, uh, but I'll keep talking. I'll figure it out. Okay, but like, but like the Jets, I could see so that way. Like, they just drafted. I know they want him to be a starter, but you could give Deshaun Watson a chance at a at a year, and let let your young talent that's supposed to be the next guy because Sam Darnold didn't work out. Um, go to the Jets and just try to prove something. Is that is, is that you can be a good quarterback outside of Houston? And actually have some, they don't have great weapons, but they have Jameson Crowder, who is a really good offensive weapon to get to have on a team. And so the only other place I could see, and, you know, Sam Darnold is there now, but the Panthers, 
the Panthers have no idea what they're doing, it seems like. And so yeah. throwing in Deshaun Watson and having a battle between Deshaun Watson and uh, Darnold, maybe, but you know if, that. I don't know. What if he goes a few hours down the road to New Orleans? A team that, I mean, it seems like who's there now? Jameis Winston and, and Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Yeah, I know they keep saying Taysom Hill is their guy. And I know you can look at the few games where he was the starter while Drew Brees was out last year. I think they were like two and one or something in those games. And his overall play wasn't horrible. But that is not a quarterback you want behind center for 17 games. John Payton wants to prove everyone wrong. And, you know, Taysom Hill's done Taysom Hill things of everything besides being a quarterback while being a quarterback. Um, technically, he's like a tight end when you look at like ESPN and Yahoo fantasy stuff. But like, yeah, until the whole debacle last year and they like moved him over to quarterback and it was just a whole mess. Yeah, it was. But Sean Payton swears by it. And you know, the, the little we have seen of Taysom Hill, he's got terrific arm talent and can move around the field like no one else. So, they probably give, I think they give Taysom Hill a year. They give him a year. It's like, all right, kid, it's your turn. Show us what you got. Um, I, think I just, I don't know. You have to go, if you, you can't, you can't have a guy like Taysom Hill turn into a tight end, you know. He, he's not built for that, honestly. I, I don't think he is, but he can be, I think he has a solid shot at being a, you know, top half quarterback in the league and help New Orleans with what they're doing because he already, you know, he, he fits that style. He, he's not the same yeah. as Drew Brees, but he's, it's like a more mobile Drew Brees, basically. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But um, in other news, we have the playoffs going on for right. the NHL and the um, NBA. NBA. So as I mentioned in the NBA, my Bucks are not doing too well in round two. Round one, they swept the Heat 4-0. Um, they came out round two. They're playing Brooklyn. Within, I think it was like the first 47 seconds, James Harden goes out injured, doesn't play the rest of that game. He didn't even suit up tonight for this game. Um, so James Harden was the guy who came into Brooklyn and like took them from We'll probably be maybe in the East finals, possibly get knocked out in the semis to we might be in the NBA championship. Right. And you're thinking as a Bucks fan, like, hey, we we got a chance if we can win tonight with Harden out. And then if you're looking to the future of he won't be 100 percent in game two, we can get two quick wins on the road. That yep. sets us up pretty good. Um that is not even close to what happened. No, dude. Uh, they lost by more than 15 game one. At halftime, they were down by 10. I haven't been keeping up with the scores that they've been playing. Um, but your other big news in the NBA playoffs would be good old LeBron James and the Lakers are out. Yeah. Which uh, Bucks are down by 33 points with nine minutes left in the game. Ooh, that is that is the game. Um, that is <laughs> wow. But the Nets, well, that's, you know, it's safe Nets, to say the Nets are going to go up 2-0 in the series. Yeah, and the Nets are probably going to win that series, and yeah. then as they're projected, go to the finals. But yeah, 
Um, yeah, LeBron and the Lakers getting knocked out. Man, they just were not the same team. They they tried so hard to you know patch things up this year with Anthony Davis hurt so much and LeBron hurt for part of the season as well. They tried as hard as they could. Barely snuck in with a win over Golden State in the play-in. Um, I just, I just, don't, I'm, I didn't see a way for them to get back to the finals with the way they were playing and them just throwing Anthony Davis out there and saying, all right, you can walk now play. And him being like, nope, I cannot. I cannot yep. work. Um, so, well, it's like after Kevin Durant jacked up his Achilles and everyone was trashing on him for not being a team player and getting out there and playing. So he goes out there and tries to play. Golden State still ends up losing the series and he re injures yep. his ankle and has yep. to sit out almost a full season. Right. Like, there's, as a player, that's where like, I'm glad the NBA gives the players so much power that. AD, if he wanted to, could have just said not. Nah. Right. Um, and, but and I think it's I think it's important. I think it's more important that you have a healthy player next year than you throwing a guy out there that's set like 75, 80% because yeah. you need him. And he ends up re-injuring himself because he wasn't fully healed yet, wasn't back to 100 percent health. And you know, who who knows what's gonna happen. But right. it's, I don't know. It was, it was a mess trying to watch that and just see, like, <laughs> see people say, oh, LeBron's going to turn into playoff LeBron. And he did not turn into playoff LeBron. He was actually bad. Yeah. At least in game six, I didn't, I didn't look at the stats for game seven, but game six, he only scored, like, 10 points. It was bad. Yeah. Was yeah. So that's, I mean, the NBA overall, I don't know. I've, I admitted in our first episode, never been a huge fan of the NBA. Yeah, um, so, you know, honestly, once the Bucks are out, which probably is going to be in a few games, hopefully we can at least take it to five. Um, but once they're out, I'll probably lose almost all interest. I'll keep up with it. Um, I think our last, you know, podcast episode for this season one if you want to call it that is going to yeah. happen right after the nba finals and so um and that's if the finals go to seven games so we'll have had a few days to look stuff over if the champion wins in six or five games uh, right but in the nhl uh last time we talked i was hopeful my penguins were turning it around and might beat the islanders i even got a friend from pennsylvania to send me one of the little freebie yard signs <laughs> from Dick Sporting Goods. So nice. there's, there's that. Um, no, they lost. Yep. Uh, I think they took three of the games to overtime, lost all of the games that went to overtime in that series. Yep. Islanders just beat the Bruins to go up 3 2 in that series. Oh, man. Um, that game went final probably just about 10 minutes after we started recording. Uh, but overall, NHL playoffs. Pretty much are going exactly how most people expected, other than the fact that a lot of people had the Bruins beating the Penguins in five games in the second yep. round. Other than that, things look about how we expect. Uh, the Canadians are trying to be the first team in conference finals. They are up 3-0, um, <laughs> and currently in their game there in the second period, it's all tied up at two. But with a win tonight, they'll be the first team to advance to conference 
championship or conference finals. Um, and so that's what the NHL playoffs look like. Any yeah. sports news as we wrap up this episode? Any sports news to bring up or talk about? Um, we hit it all. Anything in baseball? You're our baseball guy. Yeah, baseball. Uh, yeah, I mean, sticky stuff. There's a lot of conversation happening right now with the foreign substances, as the the term is used, or sticky stuff. Um, you know, players using. If you if you are I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, there's a few articles on The Athletic that Ken Rosenthal has written in the past few months. Um, unfortunately, they all target Trevor Bauer. <laughs> um, and while he is kind of the main face of it, just because he's been so vocal about it for four years, um, and then just gave in and said, you know what, if the league's not going to do anything, I'm just going to join it. Um, and he won a Cy Young because that's what he did. Um, and he's pretty much admitted that without saying it. Um but there's a lot of conversation happening right now. They just they've suspended four or five minor league players in the past week or two um, that got have been caught using a foreign substance substance to increase their spin rate, which increases movement. Um, I could talk about this. This could, could literally be an entire episode of me just explaining what's going. On. Um, basically, Did you say sticky stuff. All I picture was it the replacements, maybe. With Stickum in the '80s, you know the football movie where they're in the huddle and they and his hands stick together. Oh no, 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 no! Used to use that's uh, that's I think that's a little Giants. Oh, maybe. Yeah, because he couldn't. He it's couldn't an 80s catch the ball. Movie, right? Yeah, that. Uh, but yes, the correct, the one you are talking about is replacements. Yes, with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, the wide receiver had a hard time catching the ball, so they gave him Stickum, and his he's sitting there like. At the line like this, trying to like not lose his, you're <laughs> trying not, try not to touch his hands together and he gets stuck in the whole thing. But yeah, um, yes, to that extent. Um, yeah, there's a few different mixes players have come out saying that have are effective, but right now it's like if you if you watch a baseball game, anyone that's listening to this right now or watching this on YouTube tomorrow, the next day, the day after you're watching watch a baseball game i know you don't may not like baseball but watch a baseball game if a pitcher is up there and he uses two fingers it's almost always a righty so well lefties and righties both use it but righty pitchers are more prominent but if if a pitcher takes the hand that they're throwing with either their right or their left and they put these their index finger and their middle finger in the palm of their glove like this and like do this real quick, that means they're using something to get a better grip on the ball. And basically what that's doing increases spin rate, which it causes the ball to move a lot more unpredictably. So it's harder for the batters to hit. And because of stuff like that, strikeouts are strikeout rates are higher. Um, there's been six no hitters in the season so far. And the most that has ever been is seven and a full 162 game series. Uh, season and we're only like a third of the way through. So we're not even halfway through yet. <laughs> we're not even halfway through the season, and there's been six no hitters. Um, but you get for people who don't watch baseball, this is different than what you see on like batters' helmets. You know, when they exactly. just look completely filthy, kind of up on the head, right? The yeah, the the, on the yeah, on this the helmet, is different than that. Yeah, the, on the helmet yeah. they have pine tar, and that's for the yeah. bat and for the to help them grip the bat, so they don't literally just fling it away. 
but and that's trying to protect people from catching a bat after swinging exactly it's but when pitchers are using i mean pine tar is common as well but that's different it does some different things but it helps with grip and it's there have been scientists that have developed formulas for teams in the past several years and it's all this has been coming out and so basically mlb has told umpires you can now check pitchers four times throughout the game as they're coming off the mound and it's not going to be shown on tv you only see it if you're out like at a game yeah but like umpires can have the ability to check each starting pitcher four times throughout a game of like hey let me see that and and stuff like that like a player's hat got confiscated a few weeks ago because they had they saw he had some stuff on it and it was really obvious dude wasn't hiding it at all um yeah and so i don't know it's been it's been weird there's kind of a feeling that there's going to be a a major strike down like this year either later this year like after the all-star break or next year like they're and they're going to use it as like a bargaining chip in the uh, agreement. Are you saying I'm not going to be in, able to enjoy as many great Brewers pitching outings? Brewers are saying that they're out there using pitching outings right now, uh, Clay. Um, besides what? Brendan, besides Brendan Woodruff, um, we've got a we've got a couple other guys who are throwing some good games. We've got starters, our relievers, and outside of Hater, our closers are pretty trash. We've got like we've got um, Woodruff, who's a top pitcher, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got a couple other guys who are just good starting pitchers. They're not yeah. great. They're not phenomenal, but they're yeah. good. But the Brewers take away aren't, their stickum stuff, and they're not good. But the Brewers aren't winning as consistently, and they're supposed to be. So you know what? Whatever. Um, well, that's that. But yeah. that ain't the truth. I don't know why it is. <laughs> but all that to say, if you want to see baseball players, baseball pitchers cheating literally in front of everybody, and they don't care. Uh, watch a baseball game the day after you're listening to this and watch a pitcher and how they're using what they're doing with their hands between pitches. Um, it'll give it away instantly. Like you'll see, oh, that dude is really messing with his glove. What is that about? Oh, he's getting stuff on his fingers. So that, and then he's going to rub it on his hat, which is why they have marks on their hat. And so uh, that's, that's, that's my thing. That's a lot of that has come up in the past week is Trevor Bauer got big mad yeah yeah and uh i want to close our episode today and just mention real quick if you guys listened last week um you know jared and jake decided to just run their mouths about tim tebow um which as i was listening to it i made some comments on my instagram story also about jared just really rolling over kevin king who i think is still a good pro corner i think it's a mistake and the nfc championship was not that kevin king blew the coverage but that the moron who was our defensive coordinator who luckily is no longer there why we ever hired a former brown bear guy i don't know um but dude's a a zone cover like that's what he he plays zone and when you got him in zone he's a good corner i'm not gonna say great he's not jair alexander You'll put him in man, forget about it. He's going to get burned unless you got a safety over the top. And he, they didn't put a safety cheating to his side of the field. And But all that aside, y'all running your mouth about this whole Tim Tebow thing. So since all three of us are in the same fantasy league, our side bet outside of the normal winnings for fantasy 
is out of the three of us, whoever finishes worst in the league at the end of the season will have to either buy their own Tim Tebow jersey to wear or whichever of us three finishes first, that last place person buys that person a player's jersey for their favorite team. Yeah. Now the loser still gets to pick which player. So, I mean, I guess they could go buy some trash, but it has to be an active player. Yeah. Say I'm, I'm all in for the, the Tebow Jersey. That is, you know why? Because I have two of the best running backs in the league on my fantasy team. So I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever we do. So you're telling me right now, we haven't put in our keepers yet, but that's your two keepers is those two running backs. One of them is, and I'm pretty sure you're, you know, which one it is. It's Derek Henry. King Henry. Yeah. I have to. I, it's, it's not a choice. You have Derek Henry. I looked at my roster the other day, and I still don't know who I'm going to keep. Well, I'm trying to figure out my second one, so there's that. <laughs> but We got a few months, though. Yeah, we're good. We got a few months. We're under 100 days till the first kickoff. All right. Yeah. the NFL season. I'll start looking. It's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think, is there any, I, I'll, I'll let you close it up. All right. I got nothing else. Uh, Shout out to James Madison University softball for giving OU's team a run for their money. OU advanced, but James Madison and uh, the seniors on that team did a really good job. I got to watch that game yesterday, and it was it was it was a good game. It was it was it's hard to see them lose because they were they were a really good team. Um, I saw Florida State was still up by like four runs on Alabama. Yeah, Florida State's gonna win that game. Unless Alabama's bats come alive, but it's probably over by now. But it should be be over. Um, But that's all I got. Uh, And I guess that's all we got for this week. Uh, Next week, Clay is going to have a guest host with him because I got stuff I got to do for work um, at the time we record. Uh, But Clay will have a guest with him and it'll be C and whatever other random letter sports. A. The CA, CA Sports. Uh, but, but for all my Oklahoma listeners, we're just going to do a spoof the whole time of the Triple M Ranch on the franchise. Um, I'm a oh. former cross-country guy, and the guy filling in is a former offensive lineman, state champion football guy. And so basically, we're just Chisholm Holland and Sam Mays on the Triple M Ranch. So just come for an hour of us making jokes about that and making fun of Chisholm and Sam. Well, that sounds like a plan. I'm going to look forward to listening to that. Um, but with that said, uh, that's that's it for us here at CJ Sports this week. See y'all next time. See ya.